America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug Drugs are menacing our society. What are your thoughts on the drug problem? I had a great time doing drugs. So tonight, from our family to yours, from our home to yours, thank you for joining us. This is the piece on drugs. On drugs. We got a good sound. Do you have like a list of things you want to do or you just want to naturally go into whatever you start talking about? Let's go into whatever. I was thinking, um, so. Got your, uh. We we were out there talking about a bunch of stuff and I was like, this is all podcast material. Started getting into the Jehovah's Witness stuff already. But, um, you know, I haven't done a podcast in a while and you're asking about it because I, I not, we've been on a lot of vacations. I was planning on keeping my psychedelic spirit going. But um, it was getting, every week was getting harder to come up with new ideas. I was like, I've already went over all the stuff I've read spiritually. I was like, you can, like, yeah. I don't know. And also, I don't think it was catching on the right way. I was like, I'm going to go back into the war on drugs. So I'm working on a special for the opioid crisis. Okay. And I've been reading, like, I have like four or five different books I'm reading right now. And to, you know, researching, going back and forth and putting it all together and typing it up almost as like a essay. But then I'm going to be reading it into like, you won't know that I'm reading it. It's just more of a guideline. Like I'll kind of mm-hmm. be talking about the things I've read, but also pulling out books and reading quotes. So it's a big project. And, and I, I want to get it right. Because as, as I was doing the research, I was like, it's like something like 93,000 people overdosed last year. And a lot of this is fentanyl. Most of it's fentanyl. And then some of it's these uh, other synthetic cannabinoids and these synthetic drugs that are coming from China. So the story was so much bigger than I realized. I was like, this is not just a simple, okay. all right, how do we get people off addiction? It's like, well, how do you get these fentanyl, these these dangerous chemicals off the streets? Because yeah. these are not people that are addicted to opium that are dying. So, I mean, yeah. it is. But it's legalize also, it. Legalize that's it, yes. That's what it is. Like, what other way around it? There is no other way around it. And that's, it, that is going to be my ultimate point. But there's also a lot we can do until they, they do legalize because they're not going to legalize yeah. anytime soon. And um, yeah. But the thing is, is these fentanyl drugs are making their way into ecstasy pills. People are dying at raves again. Mm. And, uh, be, and it's, it's like they're not, MDMA is, is pretty benign unless you have yeah. a heart condition. It's safer than alcohol. Yeah. Why are people dying? Oh, because it's made on the streets and they're putting fentanyl in it. The last thing I want to see is this to happen to like acid. Yeah. It's already it's, happened to acid. Actually, I don't. I, that, the acid that I have, I don't. I think I'm going to use again because I've been reading about this stuff called Enbom. That's actually most acid you buy has been made as Enbom and sold from labs. And one uh, of the things that it says is that some people have these weird experiences where they get into thought loops. And it said some people have a blackout periods on their acid trip that they don't remember. And that happened to me last time I did acid, which was over a year ago. Uh, but I was like that. I was like it was a strange acid trip. Just, I enjoyed it, but there was a part that just every time was weird. It, when it wasn't like any acid I'd done, I was like, "That's because it's not fucking acid." So yeah, it's, but it's not as dangerous. But it can anymore. kill you. That's the thing. People have overdose from Enbon. Yeah. LSDs, no, you won't overdose from LSD. But the reason all these drugs exist is because the ones you want to get are illegal. So the ones that these labs are making in China, yeah, that's true. They, they dance around their laws. What they do is they go... They change them like the structures enough. Just a little bit. They change one little group. And then, you, and then you're like, you got a legal product you can sell. You can't export it legally in the United, to the United States, but the cartels will move it there for you. And you, you're not going to get Man. busted for making it. There's also this other nefarious thing going on that um, I was reading in the book. Uh, it's called Fentanyl. I'll talk about it on the opioid crisis. But I know that the Chinese actually subsidize the precursor chemicals for fentanyl so to motivate these chemical companies. The idea was to help the chemical companies build, um, you know, build revenues or to motivate them to be competitive in the world of making chemicals. So they make these fentanyl chemicals and they get subsidies for the chemicals. And when Trump started the trade war, they raised the subsidies for fentanyl precursors. 
and the, and all these speakers just go get shipped to Mexico. The cartels take them and make fentanyl with them, and then they end up on the streets. And they make fake pills, like Xanax pills that look just like a Xanax bar, yeah. but it's actually fentanyl. And if they don't get the dose, if they get the dosage right, you'll probably take it and feel fucked up and think you got a Xanax. But if they get the dosage wrong, you could die. So it's all extremely, this is what killed Tom Petty and Prince. Yeah. They were at their show. Somebody gave them what they thought was a Percocet. Probably looked just Prince like was one. I did. <laughs> yeah, let's get off the, because I just wanted to talk about the opioid crisis for a second because, um, that's why I haven't I, had a podcast in a while. But yeah, yeah, you're here, and I was like, there's a lot we didn't cover last time about the Jehovah's Witness. So, um, you know, one, one of the biggest things we talked about right after the podcast was, I don't know if we touched on it at all in the podcast. We might have a little bit, but you were saying the when the Catholic Church, when the lid was blown off about the pedophilia, mm-hmm. that there was that was also happening. It's been happening in the Jehovah's Witness, and, they, yeah. and it's been it's completely covered up because yeah. your your system of secrecy is uh, and know, that, is much more secretive. And the the intriguing aspect of this is when I, uh, I was a young teenager when I remember the stuff going on with the Catholic Church, and I remember sitting at meetings as a witness, hearing people comment and and bash the Catholic Church constantly for that, but they had no idea that it is going on in our own church. Like right. like it wasn't even. I mean, there's probably a few people, select few people in each congregation that know. And then suppress it, but but the majority of people don't. They have no idea. Oh, my they grandfather. Don't even know. I remember my grandfather always railing railing against the Catholic Church for pet, the pedophile stuff that would happen there, but he had no clue that like it's probably worse in the Jehovah's Witness religion than it was with the Catholics. So that's now the the secrecy there though. I guess it also existed before they blew the lid off the Catholic Church. I don't think yeah. most of those people knew a lot more than than let on. But there was a lot of times when they would. Somebody kid would go up to their mom and be like, Mom, when I was young, father so and so did this. And then they'd be yeah. like, Yo, hush your mouth. Don't I'm glad I don't you said that. Because um, it was mostly actually the clergy that was that was the problem, right? Yeah, the, the, the families weren't, okay. they weren't yeah. you know, yeah. So so with Jehovah's Witnesses, um, it's it's like a mixture of both the people in the congregation and the people running the congregation as well, like the elders. Yeah. Um, now, like, if yes, if an elder is caught abusing somebody, they will remove that elder and, and probably disfellowship them too. But then they let them come back. So they'll reinstate them and then force whoever they abuse to, like, be buddy-buddy. And that's just not cool. That's, that's not cool. fair. That's strange. They, they, is they, that on that documentary you, you yeah, suggested? Yeah, it's touched on a few times. Um, what, what's and what's dang, the name of that documentary? We might have to figure out how to add this in here because... Um, I don't know the names of all of them. I just remember there, uh, the Oxygen Channel did one. All right, well, I can look it up right now. I, we need, I, need, yeah. a, I need a Jamie. I need a young do we Jamie. All do. I know. I've actually my, thought about hiring somebody to help me with the podcast. Is like I reference her as my Jamie forever. What's anywhere. Uh, I'm just like, hey, Google that. Yeah, what is it? Uh, <laughs> She's way faster so, at figuring out the Jehovah pertinent information. Jehovah Witness. I'm spelling Jehovah wrong already. <laughs> just do JW. If you search JW, JW documentary. You, you might get, like, Google might link you to JW.org, which is their website. JW Documentary 2021. Is it Witness yeah. Underground? Yep. Witness that's definitely Underground. One of them. And that's on, is, is it, the trailer's on YouTube. I don't know where the, so, is it on Vice TV? Yeah. No, that's Crusaders. Is so Crusaders Vice, Vice just did one a little more recently. So that's Crusaders? That yeah. was July. So there's Vice, there's Oxygen, and then there's ABC, ABC. Australia. Watch the Witness episode. Oh, oh. It's called Four Corners, um, Australia, ABC, I think it was ABC. And that I just watched like a week ago. 
and was really good too. And all of them are focusing on the child abuse thing. It's the biggest thing that's going on right now. And there's there's a whole slew of other things going on too that are coming to light. But the child abuse is, and, and for right reasons, I think getting yeah, most of the this, attention because I think it should. Well, what happens? Of what happens when when the lid is blown off? What actually happens? I know the Catholic Church, I think there's, there's some more safety measures. They're not reinstating preachers, yeah. priests anymore who have done these things. But what trouble did they really get in? They had to pay, like, uh, you know, millions and millions of dollars in settlements. Yep. But the U.S. government bailed them out for, the, for them because they needed to be bailed out. So we, our, we, our tax money gave them all the money back. What? I yeah, it, yeah, Trump did that actually. He signed the bailout. And again, I'm not trying to get so, political because Biden is Catholic, so I assume he yeah. would have done the same thing. But once we're bailing out a church that literally needed the money because they had they lost some money for rape cases that were like, oh, here's your money back. I find it hard to believe the cat the Catholic Church has more money than I think anybody really knows. Like it might, it might be the American branches of it. I'm those not sure churches, which, but we, the we gave them like a billion dollars. All the stuff that they have in their possession and and how far back they've gone. And how far stretched they are, every country. I mean, I mean, Jehovah's Witnesses are worldwide, just like the Catholic Church is kind of. Yeah. So, so not but, a lot of people know that about Jehovah's Witnesses. Now they're not as powerful as the Catholic Church, though. So they might. No, but the thing, if you look at like I'm doing the opioid crisis, the Purdue family, yeah. or, or the, the Sackler family, who runs Purdue, is the they're basically the reason this opioid crisis has happened because of the overprescribing of OxyContin, and they're having to pay something like. Uh, Ten billion, or no, four billion dollars. They're worth ten billion, but they have to pay it over nine years. And and John Oliver did a special on it. He talked about the math. He's like, by the time they they've earned interest on the money, they didn't have to pay over nine years. They actually won't have to pay anything. And and also, then you have to ask yourself, where's the four billion dollars going? It's big tobacco. They were profiting off people that were dying. They had to pay a bunch of lawsuit. And and where when the money went finally got paid to the government, did any of it go to actually it went to the truth ads to help people stop smoking? That was probably effective. So that's one good thing. But yeah. did it go to help the families? And I don't know the, the numbers, but I think a lot of it got put in the pockets of politicians. And I'm worried that the, the all these billions of dollars are gonna be as they go through the government, this you know, the whatever the strainer that is the government saying, Hey, we're taking the money from you to give here, how much of that gets gets stuck in that little politician net that doesn't make it to help anybody? And I would say probably more than half of it. Yeah. But and then again, and far. then what happens to the to the Jehovah, Jehovah's Witness? What happens to the Catholic Church? We blow the lid off. Is yeah. there any? Do, do these institutions actually get hurt, or are they just as strong as ever? I'd say the Catholic Church was definitely hurt. Yeah, but it's it's still strong and it still exists. They're still they're they're starting to hurt, but I'm I'm sure they're doing fine. Um, the problem is. The mind mind control is so high with Jehovah's Witnesses. So you can blow the lid off all you want, but the members aren't going to listen. They're not going to watch. First of all, they won't watch the documentaries. Yeah, they're they're too afraid to. They're they're programmed so hard to believe that this is all from Satan, the devil, and apostate lies. That is all its purpose is to weaken your faith and, and rattle your cage. So they are so programmed to just. Tune it away and put put you know the blinders on. Yeah, well, it's just um, like, well, so you well, could expose it as much as that. you want, and they never will. What you have like to, to get a, the the rank and file witnesses to all of a sudden see things for what they are. You have to open their eyes in some other way. I mean, for me, it was my best friend. 
getting disfellowshipped when he was suicidal and then committing suicide. So that, that like not everybody goes through that type of a situation. And if that never happened for me, I probably, I, I might still be in. I don't know. I, I really don't. But yeah, but like, like something, well, sometimes it's easier something it was hard significant. For you to get out. Yeah, it was really it was, hard. It was, so and you, I knew what I, I yeah. knew what I was in for trying to get out too. So even, even a lot of people, we have a word, um, there's different categories that, that like ex-witnesses will describe people that are still in or out. There's like the type of person who's physically in the church, but mentally out. Like they, they go to the meetings, they do everything, but they're just mentally checked out. They don't really believe in it, but they know that like, if I try to get out, I'm going to be faced with like losing my family, losing my social circle, sometimes my job because they're employed by a witness or something like that. So, so they just kind of go through the motions. And then there's people that are like me, which are like physically and mentally out. Yeah, exactly. So you had something that yeah. was traumatic enough to go through the the hardship of quitting this, this mm-hmm. but if you didn't have that, it might be easier to just, like you said, go through the motions, yeah. whether you actually really believed in it or not. Now, let me ask yeah. you this. I don't know if I asked you this last time. Would you Do you still consider yourself a Christian or atheist, or do you have any, like, like what are your thoughts no, on the universe? I'm not religious. I'm not religious in any way. I don't, I don't believe I have to answer to anything and, and feel guilt for... Other than you know whatever your conscience is programmed for and just being a good person, I th- I believe in the in the what, what is it, that that like kind of more so the just do good unto others like like do do unto others what you would want to do don't cause harm that's what I believe in don't harm other people yeah you can do what you want to do as long are. as you're not hurting stopping someone yeah. what they want to do but um but I do believe also in a in a very like. I'm formulating it as I go still, but I'm very spiritually minded in the fact that I know there's a whole different realm to this reality. There's spiritual energy. There's bad and good energy. There's there's all this stuff that we can't explain yet. And I think it's all reality and valid. And it's just a matter of us trying to put it together at this point. So, like, yeah, I, I, mean, I was thinking about some crazy thoughts today. I was thinking about the soul this idea that if you, if you if you listen to any scientist, they're going to tell you that, well, there is no such thing as a soul. There is no such thing. Even consciousness itself, they're eventually going to figure out it's just reactions within neurons that are bounced around in particles, blah, blah, blah. That's what they, and they believe that eventually we'll actually map the whole consciousness out. But then you have other scientists who say, maybe we're looking at it wrong. And I've used the analogy of the monkey with the radio who's trying to figure out mm-hmm. where, where where is this person inside this thing. They, they can't comprehend that there's actually... A transmission coming from somewhere else and that our, while we just dissect the brain for consciousness the transmission of consciousness might come from somewhere else so that's an interesting thought and then i thought well, what is that transmission what if that the transmission is actually that's our soul that's our our core being because i started thinking about people that have multiple personalities and i was like okay this gets this is when things get fascinating <laughs> oh, i love it where this is going right now because if, if all of a sudden someone has three distinct personalities and you could say, well, everything that you are has to do with your DNA and the way you were raised. And that's why you're the person you are. And this also puts a, a wrench in the spokes of free will. Well, how do I have free will if every decision I make is based on previous past decisions, repercussions, and my DNA? But then you take someone with split personality, you go, well, this personality would do something different than this one in the same situation. And they both had the same DNA and the same upbringing. True. And so yeah. what is that? And then I was like, what is that a transmission of a soul that got, got somehow got... <laughs> my dog just freaked out I don't know that uh, sounded more like a cat no nah, that was Reggie oh, okay. he lays by the door while we're in here protecting like us he couldn't get traction the big German shepherd Reggie but um yeah so I was just like that's so it's just a really bizarre way of thinking about consciousness because and then you, you say this well what if one of your consciousness was a Satanist 
like one of your your personalities and your other personality was a devout Christian. So what happens when you die? Do you go to heaven or hell? And I think the answer would have to be if you believed in the heaven and hell thing, which I, I'm, I'm not in on that. But if, if, if you had to, as a Christian answer to that question, I think the answer would be one personality would go to hell yeah, yeah. and the other personality would go to Each, heaven. So you're, you're saying that you're implying that multiple souls exist in the same that vehicle. With these people, yeah, that there's some kind of, almost yeah. like imagine a radio, right? And that our radio is basically programmed where it only has one channel. That's your soul. One channel is your radio. But every once in a while, someone has one with a with a defaulting knob that actually clicks between like three or four settings. Yeah. So they're picking up different channels. And where is this yeah. other soul coming from? Is it somebody that's dead? Is it somebody from that's another really multiverse? Intriguing. That's intriguing. You know, so uh, what is that? But the point yeah. is that when you die, your body is dead, right? This physical form, yeah. we're gone. But the consciousness could, I mean, theoretically... Upload. Upload somewhere I, I do believe existence. in that. I mean, they, they say, like, the, you get a rush of DMT, and there's that... What's the gland that, like, Penile, fires gland? off like crazy at yeah. death? And that's just known. That's I believe, I believe. Well, I believe that's a theory. So what is that? Because they can't... Since, the, since that uh, hypothesis of the pineal gland and the DMT... They haven't legally been, been able to uh, test it on humans because you can't go. You used to be able to go to a human while they're alive and do crazy shit. They did, with and in, in, saying the silence and stuff. They would like open you, up people's skulls and hit them with wires. Or Russia for that, I guess. It's crazy, yeah. So, so, but they have found it in rats. They're like the pineal gland yeah. in rats does produce DMT. They, the theory is ours does too. I believe it. I believe that when we die, it's yeah. going to be the, like a, a trip on DMT is going to be a fraction of what death will be. And I think yeah. it will be beautiful ultimately. I, I really do that. That. Uh, transmission signal receiving kind of thing. I, I think that's how, I think that's why so so many artists and super creative people. I like I believe in that. Like it, it, it's not everything that happens that creatively that we that we get an idea or whatever. It's not always coming from us. No, it's coming from I, I think that it's, place that's beyond our tuned, physical body. Yeah, I think you're on a different vibration and frequency. I think that's why people like Tesla and and Edison, where they're on different frequencies and they come up with ideas in a different way. Maybe in a way because they're connected to that that just a whole different reality. Well, they're not a hundred percent in this one or that one. They're kind of, yeah. they're kind of ex- like can bounce between the two and, and get information and, coming and I, and from subs- the other one. But this, the psychedelics and substances of the like can can help us tap into that because I I know I'm more creative when when I'm smoking weed. I've come. I, I agree. With there's that. so many times where it's like I'm high and I'm just sitting in a chair, just chilling and vibing. But it, like all being like really baked gets all the other stuff that I'm worried about in life. And it just kind of pushes it away into the background. And then it lets like everything that you wish you could push to the forefront actually have, you know, some attention and some focus and some some energy there. And I'll come up and I'll, I'll connect dots. And when I'm high, I'm just like, hey, you know, it's just funny that like we all do this. Everybody's like that. And, and, and things like you're saying, like you just start like connecting all these different little thought processes together yeah. and you have like these micro epiphanies yeah. and I like to write them down and chew on them and it, it, it gets stuff it develops and, and it, and there's substance there. It's not always just high thoughts that are nonsense because right, you'll no. come back down off of it and it's still like, like a substantial thing that you entertain for a while and then build off of. So I, I think honestly, this war on drugs and, and, and the, 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 the fact that we don't have access to, to pure good psychedelics 
it's holding back oh, humanity. Mushrooms, mushrooms are the only answer right now. Yeah, and it's holding only, us all back from right our potential. There's so much. I think in science in general, like like if people just had access to these things and knew how to use them as a, as a beneficial thing to like unlock well, they, their they, potential. See, so map, com, com, companies like Maps are doing great work with PTSD and and they have MDMA, but they actually have legal research MDMA, so it's pure, and they have yeah. so. Eventually, there will be clinics where people can go and yeah, do I'm this. I'm so stuff. glad that that's actually happening. It's happening. It's not happening nearly fast enough, and it's happening. Uh, it's still we're still under the heavy blanket of the drug war. Yeah. But there's little cracks and crevices that are where it's happening, and it's slowly going to start peeling away some of the. I think that more heavy side of the drug war, but still, I think drugs like heroin are still going to always be pushed yeah. into corners. And that's Ma- meth the, and heroin. I think will always be pushed into a corner. I don't want to say always because so some countries are have, have stopped doing that. And in drugs, even like true. meth, yeah, and yeah, meth also like has Denmark a really bad rap. And, and, and it sounds crazy. And actually, and honestly, it's one of the few drugs I haven't tried. But I was reading yeah. Dr. Carl Hart's book, and he was saying, yeah, that, he uses it a lot. You know, yeah, he? he does. And he's like, meth is actually he, almost structurally similar to Adderall. And I thought, yeah, but structurally, one little thing can change a lot because MDMA is structurally similar to, to meth and Adderall. Yeah. And MDMA is way different. But he said that they did a study where they gave regular meth addicts either Adderall or a pill of methamphetamine, and, and uh, the majority of them could not tell the difference. Um, so so but the difference oh, is, I'm guessing yeah. with street meth, you're smoking it. It's a yeah. little more higher concentrate. Also, there's probably, there could be other chemicals in there. It's just less, unsa- it's just less safe. Less safe. General, but, but anyway, but I actually wanted to ask you something because... We were talking about leaving the church, and last time, okay. <laughs> one of the reasons you left the church or that you mentioned was your mushroom trip, and I think I had some friends that listened that were a little disappointed that yeah. we didn't get more into that. Like, really? What was it about okay. the mushroom trip that, like, well, let's go, go back, explain a little bit how the guy gave you a bag of mushrooms, you were still a witness. Yeah, it all it, it, it all happened so perfectly for, for me to get to the, to, the, to the end result that I got to, was some, I mean, if... if I always kind of wanted to do mushrooms and the thought of psychedelics, like you're not allowed to do these drugs at all as a witness. Like you get in trouble for any of this, any of this kind of stuff. So, you know, it's just not something you entertain. Um, but once I was already kind of out and questioning things, I was open to just wanting to try anything that I was curious about. So um, I was just confiding in a friend of mine and he offered me those mushrooms. So like, I, I sometimes I wonder where I would be if if some guy didn't offer me a free bag yeah, of mushrooms at that moment in my life when I was contemplating all the other doctrine you, stuff. Yeah, if you would have said I could get you a bag from a guy if you yeah. have thirty dollars, you'd be like, ah. Yeah, I would have probably just shot it down and, and whatever. But it just he was just a nice guy and, and wanted to offer me something he thought would open my mind and, and, and he was completely right. He just he knew exactly what I needed. Yes, because now so, you have a tattoo of mushrooms on your forearm. Yeah, I love this thing. I get so many compliments. <laughs> I got to get another one for my birthday. Um, I'm trying to I want to get a tattoo every birthday because I also couldn't celebrate birthdays as a Jehovah's Witness so it's my tradition now is every birthday get a tattoo can't celebrate birthdays can't have tattoos just doing it all <laughs> on my birthday when's your birthday? it's in a few weeks uh, November 25th November 25th yeah cool um, so yeah I mean it, it took it took it took the huge like hammer in the head of like my buddy's suicide to make me question or just not be okay with things in general then I started that opened the door for me to research on my own and question some things and then become curious and then took a friend just to offer me mushrooms and then, you know, I do the mushrooms and in that experience in itself, it just, it, it made me 100% sure that there was more to the story because with, as a Jehovah's Witness, you, they, all the answers are right there in their publications right. and the so Bible. When you took the, mushrooms, the Bible has everything start to finish and right. there's nothing outside of that story and that narrative. But it made me realize, it blew the lid off. It made me realize there is so much more to reality and everything. Yeah. Like, like, like I started 
thinking to myself like, okay, God created these. They grow from the earth. And when we eat them, we have these experiences, but we're not allowed to eat them. We're not allowed to do marijuana. Why? Why though? Well, why God created in the first place? Why does yeah. it exist? Like it, human intervention doesn't make these things grow. They just grow. They're just there. So why is it a sin to partake of these things and then enjoy either enjoy or use them for whatever, you know, purposeful well, is, it, is it almost like the the, I, the knowledge of good the, the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil god's yeah, like you're it, not allowed to eat from that tree well, what is felt, it you don't yeah. want us to know like what is yeah. it in that tree that you are hiding from us well <laughs> they, they 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 do theorize that like the the actual story of that tree and that apple and adam and eve is is not just a literal story no, and, it, and the fact that that happened but it actually might have been Adam and Eve ate mushrooms. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can and see that, that opened their minds. Well, I, I think they actually the story. If you ever read Ishmael, the story Ishmael is a great book about a gorilla that just explains to this writer through through talking to him through his mind everything that's wrong with the world. But he's explaining. He's like the old story was you know about eating from the tree and being expul uh, the expulsion from the garden was going from hunter and gatherers and moving into agriculture, and that was your expulsion from the garden. So the whole story was yeah. metaphorical. The knowledge of good and evil was the knowledge of we can become gods ourselves by yeah. manipulating nature. And as soon as you try to do that, you were expelled from you were you know, expelled yeah. from the garden. And now you have to work at the sweat of your brow. And that's yeah. where all the problems with war and everything else initially started was right when right when that we transitioned to agriculture and in the um, what was the area in Babylon or wherever that started right in the middle. They call it the fertile Mesopotamia. Crescent. Mesopotamia, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get too far off topic, but like, are are you aware of any like Egyptian lore about psychedelics? Like maybe the pharaohs, because like they all were considered all gods. of them ever since. Well, see, like, this goes back to the ancient Greeks. Or, or is there anybody saying that like maybe they were doing psychedelics too? Yes, the, uh, there, there's there's uh, they were doing drugs all across. But the biggest ones were cannabis and opium throughout the middle throughout Middle East and Greeks, Greece, Rome, all that. But the earliest, uh, they were doing also ergot, is the is the, what they think it was. Okay. And I can't remember at one point Paul wrote to the whoever he wrote to the yeah. um, the Greeks or. Well, I mean, he wrote to a lot of different places. But, yeah, but so in the Corinthians, the Corinthians, con- yeah, Corinthians he, are like probably the most well known. And he, but he, when he wrote there, he said. Um, Something about like you can't take the Eucharist into like they they were doing the Eucharist in these private churches at their house, mm-hmm. and he was like it's like this poisonous the the this will bring death or something like that. And I was reading it in this book, and what he said basically was when these people are making it's almost what's happening today when somebody's brewing drugs at their own laboratory, they make the wrong concoction, it kills somebody. Yeah. So in, in Eleusis, they would go there and they would all take this ergot special wine. At least that's the theory. There's no actual proof that it was ergot. Yeah. But the stories sound like they were doing something psychedelic. But so this they is still, do, this is Roman culture at this point. I well, mean, I'm talking about, but this is pre, pre-Rome. This okay. is this is early, early Greece. So this okay. is this is around, when, you know, this is BC, this is the Old Testament. Uh, all the way up until right with Jesus. We're talking about right about with Paul, Jesus. But, but no, this, Paul this, this, this goes back 2,000 years before, yeah, Paul was. Okay. This goes back 2,000 years before the, the, before Jesus, when the okay. Eleusis mystery started. They would go okay. and they would experience these mysteries. Then Dionysus, which was the wine god, he was known to start taking the Eucharist, from my understanding from this, from the, the mysteries and doing it like on his own with people and people like oh it's almost like these little private raves like imagine if all the rich people could go to some kind of crazy rave party that they would like it's like Bonnaroo or something and they'd be like you got or Burning Man you gotta go to Burning Man but if you didn't go to Burning Man you couldn't do drugs and then somebody had like I got some of that Burning Man stuff here and you were like what you gotta come to this little secret house party and the punishment for these little parties was death 
But then apparently Jesus was doing the same thing. Like Jesus okay. regarded going around the Eucharist, this part of my flesh, your flesh, was a psychedelic wine he was passed around, and that was the church initially started as a psychedelic cult. And okay. and so, but that throughout that whole yeah. area, there was all these secret meetings. But this one, Paul was writing about these um, unapproved uh, parties with this wine were killing people because they would get the doses wrong. Okay. Ergot, ergot could be poisonous. Yeah, and that's pretty documented, though. Like that's. The, well, the, the ergot poisoning is very documented. It definitely happened. They called it uh, St. Anthony's fire, but a lot of that was accidental poisoning through eating bread that was infected with it. Okay. Um, but they, but there's definitely proof. Well, they all, all were yeah. doing wine. The wine thing's 100% true. And what he said in this book, The Briar Mirror Rescue, is he said that the wine they drank back then is not like the wine we think of today. Yes, it had alcohol. They'd make it with grapes, but they, they would add other kinds of herbs and things that would add whatever potency they could find. So it was more of a concoction of different drugs. And they would have these. There's there's all these books, ancient texts of, of pharmaca, like long like lists of things you could put in wine, like different nightshades or whatever they're called, and all these different varieties of herbs that would help with this and that, remedy that. But yeah. ergot was definitely one of them, and that's basically yeah. where LSD comes from. There's there's it's fascinating to me how many ways you can achieve a psychedelic substance from from very natural like sources and means. I mean, ayahuasca has been around for. Yeah, so well, long. DMT. Do you know how long ayahuasca has been around for? Like, in the do you Amazon? think they know how long they've dated its use? Like, its use? I don't know. Culture? I don't know. Because it's well started in, in that, the Amazon before it. And, and that's got to go back way back too. I imagine it sure. does. But that 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 is the stuff that I wish I had more time to research and and read about and entertain right now. It stinks when life gets in the way of like being able to like focus on these things. I know. That's what. That's what. Like. But my own podcast, trying to do things. I'm like constantly, I have to work full time. Yeah. I'm trying to put this together. I'm working on a yeah. music project with Meg. And then we're going on all these vacations. We did some cool shit. But <laughs> you slow so down. Evidence of ayahuasca use dates back a thousand years. That's what it says. That's not that far, but. Um, well, also, but I don't think the people we know have of. been. Yeah. How long have people been. Also, the Native American church, the use of peyote actually doesn't go back. Be, I don't believe it goes back before the white settlers got here. It started after that. It goes back hundreds of years, but it's not thousands of years. Okay. From my understanding, yeah. some, something I remember reading. Um, I just I have a feeling that all the religious stuff from throughout history and ancient culture, like I'm sure psychedelics have a part in it. Oh, they do. Well, I no, mean, we're, in we're Mexico, about consciousness the, being no, in Mexico, the, the natives, the, the, probably the use of mushrooms and peyote probably goes back a thousand years. Yeah. I mean, like the North American Indians. I don't think I think it was brought up from Mexico, and it probably is when they were pushed more out west from the, the well, European settlers. The, I mean, there's the theories from uh, is it Graham Han- uh, Hancock. Yeah. Um, about, about the old, uh, about like, the like us being a, a, a race of people that have forgotten their their origins. Like 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 we oh, had that. advanced society several times, and it's it's just kind of like this reboot of history. I mean, his theory is starting over. He so was he times. was friends for a while, and he was uh, shunned by the by the established scientific community. Yeah. But a lot of them have have. Like went on if unshunned him or whatever, but no, he's because because they they he, he said he's like the establishment had thought it one way forever. If you say you might be wrong, they don't want to hear that. Yeah, and so I agree with what he's saying. What he's saying is bizarre, but is it is it possible? It's definitely possible. He thinks the pyramids date way back longer than we think. Yeah, and and his well, that re- they've already kind of, like there's yeah, little the, there's little aspects about that that they've proven. So like it's the, like, the water levels couldn't have been that high. They have to yeah. go back a certain amount of years. The, I, I listened to a whole podcast episode about the Sphinx and the fact that like they had a very seasoned expert look at the erosion of the sphinx and they're like this is from rainfall 
Yeah, and there, there hasn't been like hundreds of years of, of rainfall, right. and they're like, and there hasn't been any in, in all of documented Egyptian history. So, like, it had to have happened so they, these were constructed way before the pyramids. Yeah, like, they found changes a, a lot. Go Blucky Tepe. I don't know how to say that. Go Blucky Yeah, Tepe. I don't but even that, know where that is. I, I haven't looked into that one, but I heard him talk about that. That's one of the time. ancient. I, I want to say it's somewhere around Greece, but it's a it's um. So all this super fascinating stuff that they're finding that is just yeah. so much older than they thought, and uh, and it's new. Like we're finding new little you know things out about our past, and um, and that's why it's so sad when they when they take down you know when you think about the wars that have happened that we've lost history, and mm-hmm. just through I mean through we're talking about pr- during prehistoric times like when they weren't really recording things down like, like they do today at least like uh, you know Alexander the Great back in those times. They had no, if they sacked a city, they had no problem burning all of it down. It didn't matter. They, no, we we're going to save and preserve some of this. Like we're going to move our culture in. Your culture is done. Yeah. So, so there has to there has to have been cultures that were just wiped out. That, yeah. that you know we have like the, think about Asian culture and yeah. American culture and German culture. All these little th- things that make them a little different. There's probably some really cool cultures yeah. that were that existed that are just all those massive conquests that have happened throughout yeah. history. Just wipes out so much. But so we still didn't get into the mushroom chip. Sorry. We, okay. We, so I want to get back into when you. So you're you're going through hell with you know the loss of your friend and you're and you're not sure about your religion and this yeah. guy gives you mushrooms, so you, you take them, and you're and you're you just and you, how much how much did you eat? I think I had three and a half grams. So an eighth. That's a good amount. That's always a good because it was yeah it was I think I didn't I didn't measure it but I've done them several times since and I can remember about how much I had in my hand. Um, and, that's and, about and so, it. So but what, it was an, it was enough. You did it by yourself? No, I did them with a friend of mine who you, has you, been doing mushrooms a long time, and, and she was an ex Jehovah's Witness as well. She didn't so. do them though. She just hung out. No, with she did. I, I split them with her. Oh, so you split three and a half. That's grams. why. And I didn't really want to. I think I had five grams, and I didn't want to do five grams on my first try. So I, I gave her. I think she she let me have like the heavy half. Gotcha. So I probably had three, and she had two. Something like that. Or something right. like that. And um, so let's say I would say about three grams is what I probably had. So. Um, it was profound enough to make me realize that like, without a doubt, there is way more to everything than what I have been told and what I've been led to believe, whether or not I, you know, I don't know the conclusions to everything, but I just knew everything is just so much more vast and profound and reality. There's a whole different reality that I know for a fact exists now. Like it just, it just changed so much and it just so much to process all at once um, I do remember, f- I remember in the moment thinking about all the things that had to happen for, for that moment to happen the way it did and it feeling almost destiny like, like, yeah. like, like the journey, everything I've been through in life that created the person I am, like it all had to happen this way. And, and like, this was like an intersecting of, of, of just of directions that like happened at this point in my timeline. And that you were, like it was meant to always end up being like this. Uh, yeah, so somehow. it's almost like like even though you've you've been going the wrong direction with a lot of your life, it yeah. was all for the reason of you getting yeah. right where you're at now. So at it, that point, so it wasn't a bad. It yeah. was a good thing almost. Like everything's where it's yeah. supposed to be. Because I've been through a lot of bad. Like I, I I've been through two failed marriages and 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 just just a, a lot of different things that have happened in my life that I really like could have been a lot further ahead and a lot happier with where I was. Were these time. marriages? I mean, you talked about. Were they arranged or? No, they were. They weren't arranged. It was just when we, we can easily get off topic with this, but um, let's, let's get off, we can bounce off topic. With with the, with the way relationships work as a Jehovah's Witness, you you um you kind of get forced into marriage pretty quick, 
like, because you're not allowed to have premarital sex. You're not even allowed to be alone together. You have to have a chaperone. And at, you know, 20 something or, you know, I was in like 20, I was like 27 when I was dating my second wife. You have to have a chaperone at 27 <laughs> years at old. At 27 years old, I always had Holy to have someone shit. else with us every time we were alone doing Until anything. You got we couldn't even go on a date. We couldn't go to a friggin' movie. And if we did, we had to sneak it. And then, and then like you get caught and then you get in trouble and then you can get reproved and then you get reproved, you get judged. And then if you get reproved more than once, you get disfellowshipped and then you lose your family. So like you're always treading eggshells with every little freaking thing. So, so yes, and they, and also you they put all this talk pressure to, on you to just get married so you can freaking just move yeah, on you, in life you, together. Can you talk to her in private or you pretty much aren't even No, really? yeah, we would call and talk call, all the time okay, and okay, stuff, so but you like, could, but you just say. can't be left alone. Like I would be in Either my parents or her parents' house on the couch watching a movie. And, and, um, no, no, let me back up. My, my parents or whatever, and my brothers all be watching something in the living room. And we go, hey, we want to go in the other room and watch a movie. And, like, it would, it would be hard to get them to agree to just letting us go to the other room. <laughs> really? Yeah. Or well, they'd be yeah. like, well, is anybody here that can go with them to chaperone? It's like, do you think we're, like, they're all trying to prevent premarital sex is what they're trying to do. I'm like, do you really think we're going to have sex for the first time in the other room? <laughs> is it because <laughs> right around the corner? Like, what, just, what, who cares if people have sex? I don't, as I understand well, that STDs bibli- and babies, it's like, they should just give bibli- condoms. But it's a biblical thing. I know it is. I know it you're, is. You're supposed to only have sex after you're uh, married before God. So, and I, for, I forget the scriptures that, that, I forget the ones that, that you have to pull for that. Oh, where are they? I'm sure it's some Old Testament thing. See, with, with, uh, the way we were raised with Baptists is I don't think they talked about sex. So that was yeah. never an issue. It was, it was, you can't live together unless you're married. Living together was the big, like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Oh, even my, gra- my grandmother would get a little upset when I was, when I, when I, yeah. my first wife, when I lived with her before we were married, she was so happy we were getting married because we lived together. And it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, but what if, what if we're married to each other? You know, just because I don't go and sign government papers. That's what I said to my parents, like, um, briefly when they were you know because i live with my girlfriend after i left and everything and they're like but you're not married and, da, da, da. and i'm like it's just a paper with a, a, a earthly government like so if if by the bible's rules you need to be married for it to be okay before god why can't just my word be and my commitment between god my girlfriend and i be enough why can't i just pretend i'm yeah. committed not pretend why can't i actually act like i am committed as if we were married by human government standards. Like, yeah. like, why is signing the stupid paper make it legitimate and not just our actual resolve? Why, why think, isn't just our resolve I don't enough? think they know. I don't get it. I really don't get it. But It's so, it's so weird. These, these people get so sucked into For it to be religion. morally okay. Like, I just don't understand. It's such a strange, archaic way of thinking. It is. It really is. And um, then if you look at Islam and these other religions, you know, and they're few hundred years behind where the Christians, so I don't want to say that and sound like a bigot, but you know what I mean? Like they're, they're in those countries, I feel like their religion is, well, their religion's newer. So their religion's a few hundred years behind this religion because Islam sprung out of Christianity, didn't it, did it not? Or out no, of, out it, of the, Islam Judea. was around, I think, a lot before Christianity. Yeah. Are you sure? Pretty sure on that one. Like, because, like, um, yeah, like, because well, because the Christian mission, the, the whole the, um, I'm fairly certain on that one. What was it called? The uh, when the uh, Catholic Church went on the rampages to cost the, the Muslim world the Crusades. Yeah, because that was yeah. That, so they were around at least the that Crusades one. were only a couple How hundred years ago. Now Islam? Islam is like 
much, much before Jesus. One point four thousand years. Yeah. Then what am I talking about? Because I heard this somewhere. Somebody's. It was like what Sam Harris was somebody saying that their religion is, uh, is, is newer, and therefore it's not been. I wonder what religion. All right. So, just a quick. Um, I have to jump in here. I've been I was listening to the podcast because I was thinking about it the next morning. I was like, 1.4 thousand years. I'm like, that's that's not as old as Christianity. That's exactly what Sam Harris was talking about. It, so Christianity is clearly 2,000 years old, over 2,000 years, because it is the year 2021. We just had an airhead moment there. Islam is the newer religion, and it did spring out of the same uh, Judaic foundations as Christianity. It's like an offshoot of these religions. All three of these religions, as they've come from the same regions and they've fought with each other. Uh, but Islam is the newest of those three religions, 1.4 thousand years. I don't know what I was thinking there, but uh, we're just going to jump right back into this conversation. Yeah. Somewhere I was hearing that explaining that their religion is just, and maybe it just means their practices are, because their practices are antiquated. They're st- they still stone people for sleeping, uh, you know, for cheating on their husbands in some they places. They do. So, well, so in Christian, yeah. I mean, in, in Christian and, countries aren't doing that anymore. And that's they used to, though. pretty apparent with like the whole like Afghanistan debacle going on. With right the, now. Yeah, the Taliban thing, yes, they're, they're they're like yeah, women's rights are taking like massive backward steps. Yep. Like yes. overnight. Uh, so maybe that's all he meant by saying that religion's a few hundred yeah. years behind Christianity. Because Christianity's moved into the more progressive era where like they're willing to yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of churches even accept homosexuality, not all of them. A lot of them still don't, but some of them yeah. do. Whereas Islam, I'm pretty sure across the board that's a no. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure about that too. Yeah. And um and I, but again, in adultery, also they're still wearing those like there's not nuns, that's a weird thing, but not all women have to be nuns. But in Islam, I'm pretty sure all the women have to wear those get ups. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to speak about shit I don't know about. Sound like an idiot. No, I'm, you're, I think you're pretty correct on that one. I, I think culturally they, they all have to be, like be concealed. But so so the, but there's always been a weird thing with sex and religion, right? Religion's always tried to control. Yeah, it's all about control. Yeah, my girlfriend and I watched the Da Vinci Code last night. I never saw the Da Vinci Code, the, the yeah. Tom Hanks movie. I hated it. That was freaking deep. I hated. I hated. No, I read. I read the it. book. I read the book. So, okay, so I didn't read and the, the book. book. Was uh, granted, I don't like Dan Brown's writing, so I'm step away from the mic. I don't like his writing so much, but I because he just has cheesy love stories involved. But yeah. but the I was the first time I thought about like all the hidden symbology without without yes. within Christianity. I like and it blew my mind. When I liked I read that book. That part of that aspect of it blowing my mind, and and, and a lot of this stuff is all based on it's actually like like the whole mary magdalene being jesus's wife having books that should have been in the bible that have been removed um you know like the fact that they've had children and it's being covered up and deleted from right. the narrative and the history and everything like that's all like pretty legit stuff so that's mary worth magdalene, looking into i love that gospel. part of the movie her gospel was removed from the bible by the I, roman catholic church i hated the cinematography i hated the i just thought acting. it was boring <laughs> i just well, i think after reading anytime i read the book the movie has to be spectacular and it's usually not and that was one of the situations where I couldn't wait for the movie, and then I almost fell asleep watching it in the theater. And I was like, "All right." It took us that, two nights to watch it. I fell asleep the first night. Yeah, it was just boring. <laughs> but the book was like, I was, I read it in like two. It was like you know, I just couldn't put it down all night long reading it, and then the second yeah. night finished it. I was like, that just blew my mind. Yeah. And then I read it again since, and it wasn't as good the second time. But it just, I think it was just the, the well, the story kept you going because it was like all of a sudden, like there's this you know immediate, uh, you call it static or whatever there's things that are happening you're like what's gonna happen next what's gonna happen here the um uh, can't you can't think of words right now i'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna grab I'm, i keep thinking about grabbing another beer you want one sure I'm gonna yeah. grab, let's grab another 
That's why I can't think clearly. Do you want to pause it or? No, I'll, I'll take one second. All right, rest. Hey, buddy. That's funny. I just heard what you said about the, the vibe of fall, Oktoberfest. I get into the vibe of fall. I make myself. You, you make know. it. Well you, you grew up somewhere a little more north of here, right? Well, North Carolina. It's definitely not. Um, not as much, but it's still more than here. North Carolina's got <laughs> They have a legit fall, though. It's, yeah. It gets cold at night sometimes, and, it's, and the leaves change. It's not. I mean, the more north you go, obviously, the quicker it happens, the yeah. colder it gets. But um, yeah. the winter is what we don't really have. We don't, we don't get yeah. a lot of snow. We get, every once in a while, you get a snow. And, it's um, just spring and summer. Well, it's, the it's, winter, winters it's are cold and wet. Really feel. That's what yeah. it is. We, you know, it's just here though. Oh, here is yeah. Here's here we have. It's beautiful though. That once summer. once November comes, it's just uh, from then you have months of just being beautiful. But I, yeah, you don't get the fall, and I miss the fall. That's my favorite time of year. It is. It's, it's just it's so cozy. I I do remember when I lived in Pennsylvania. I love fall, but I hate what it meant is coming and and winter. Yeah. And winter is just something I despise so much with my core. That it, it like almost kind of like drug down how much I could enjoy fall a little bit. <laughs> yeah, see, we just didn't have that bad of winter, so I didn't really fear yeah. the winters. I didn't enjoy the winters, but Winter there wasn't a fear. But um, but also I would get a little bit depressed in the fall. I'm always, and I still get that. Like, but it's it's almost like a comforting depression. It's weird. It's like I'm, it's like I'm a little sad, but I I think I should be, and it feels right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That's just how the the autumn does to me. I, I should be. <laughs> But it, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like Halloween's got a, like yeah. a, a weird. I, I love Halloween. It's like a, I, mean, I have I have yet to do a Halloween. Oh what? Yeah, I'm gonna that, be in North Carolina this year. We do some. Yeah, because I mean that was obviously one of the, one of well you can't do any holidays, but like Halloween is like the most despised of all holidays. There were Halloweens. There witness, were Halloweens so. I wasn't allowed to celebrate. That my dad would be like, "Yo, we're not doing yeah. it this year because it's the devil or whatever." I've never, never gotten to go to a party or wear a costume or anything like that. And I don't know this year. Yeah, well, the, no. Hold on. Uh, when am I getting my surgery? I might be out on my ass for Halloween this year. Yeah. No, I won't be. My surgery just got delayed. I actually, I'll be, I'll be okay to do a Halloween of some sort. You should do it. It's fun. I yeah. don't know if you, if it's fun because I did it when I was a kid, and and now it's like we're going to a Halloween party in the mountains where we're all dressing up. We're gonna do because um, it's, it's Celtic New Year, and because I've been studying a lot about Halloween for this project I'm working on, I'm like, oh, we're gonna be fairies because the fairies are a big part of Celtic lore. And, so um, the girl that I did mushrooms with the first time, she proclaims to be a fairy. <laughs> I still don't like. I'm very. I, I'm not here nor there with that. But whether or not I believe in fairies, but I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not saying I believe in fairies. That's just as ridiculous. If you if you don't believe in Christianity, then you go into believing in fairies. I don't know that you did it yourself. But, I mean, if you want to believe in it because it's jumped. cool and fun, do it. I think you There's nothing wrong with believing in anything you want to believe yeah. in, but. What about like witches and magic and like? Well, I believe. See, here's the thing. I thought the whole witch hunt thing was all just that was real. I didn't. Well, here's the thing. I always thought it was just that, like like they just were like crazy that they were just like they ate the air got and blamed the women and were just burning them all for like no reason. But but, but, I, but I, as I'm reading that book, I was like, no, yeah. the witches were were actually the keepers of a lot of these psychedelic brews, and they would go basically have these little raves out in the woods and see spirits. And that's what they would get caught doing, yeah. and that was witchcraft. I think I think like you know Marvel and and all these superhero this and that and, and just whatever comics and stuff we, we we fantasized it with magic and swirly colors and spells yeah. and shit but like 
But really, it might have its origins in they're just the first people that started propagating psychedelic experiences and mind-opening yeah. rituals. And, and there might have been some sexual elements to it, orgies in the Probably. world. And, yeah. and, a lot and they of just that wanted was... to shut it down because it was, it, I mean, it's, I think it's the same reason why we've had the war on drugs since the 70s or 60s or 50s, whenever this started. Because well, what's, what's the first rule of controlling? It, it, Somebody's yeah. controlled them sexually. You can't really control the, but you can't control a society that has their mind opened you know, oh, to, yeah, to well, because well, so also they were trying to take them to Vietnam. They're like, all right, we're doing a draft, yeah. you got to go fight. And half of them were like, we're going to Canada. Well, they didn't have that problem in World War II. Like, you got to yeah. fight, like, we're going to fight, serve my yeah, country. Everybody wanted to they do just it. said a bunch of assets, like, you want me yeah. to do what? Go where? Yeah, now yep. I'm going to Canada. Yeah, I, I, I think it's all about control. I think that psychedelic experience has been shut down for decades because of control. It is. That's definitely true. I, I mean, and also a lot of the dangerous elements of the whole drug scene in the 60s, the CIA manipulated that. They started putting in a lot of amphetamine drugs. Can you imagine the wealth of knowledge the CIA has about psychedelics and all the studies they've done? Because that, like, they, you know they've studied people. I mean, the whole Charles Manson thing, wasn't that? They, well, no, so. Wasn't well, that a. The psychedelic there, thing? Oh, the, it, there was a psychedelic element. They were all doing acid. It was a cult, uh, almost a psychedelic cult, but they're also doing like Jimson weed, I think it's called. Or... But wasn't there a guy who just wrote a book on that? It, it was, sure. it was he, he got out of prison like several times because the CAA was like, he was a, he was a project of the CIA. They, they were experimenting on him and, and didn't he I'm murder sure, a bunch of sure people? I'm pretty sure the Unabomber was a part of those. He's the guy that murdered a bunch of people, right? Which one? Charles Manson? Yeah. Well, so, he didn't himself, but he. But he got other. He got yeah, accomplices yeah, yeah. to do it. Yes, but the, he was a CIA project with psychedelics and like mind. Conditioning. I believe that the CIA were and doing a lot. They just kept letting them out back into public. Well, they were doing you know, the Stanford experiments, and and this whole thing just got exposed recently. But I don't know that much about. Well, then I need to, I need to research that. Yeah. I, I got so much stuff to research. But can you imagine awesome. all the closed door, hidden book dot? You know. You know. Oh, all the things they have. Information yes. but that also, the CIA has on all the studies they've done. But they they, they did a lot of other things. Because they had uh, an agenda. Their agenda was mind control. How do we get, yeah. we can use for our military. And they were trying to yeah. manipulate people with these drugs. And SCP was one of them, which I've never tried, but it's, uh, I don't think it really exists on the streets anymore because it wasn't that enjoyable. But also, the Hells, Sounds a- like the Hells, the Hells <laughs> Angels the were also a way overdosing people when they were selling to people. They were taking way too much and they were ending up in the hospital. So there was that element. But the CIA would just try new drugs and be like, sell them on the streets. Let's see what, where they go and what happens to this group of people. But they weren't controlled laboratory experiments. They were yeah. on the streets. And then once they shut down LSD, they also shut down any research about LSD. So even yeah. legit labs at instantly, you know, at universal universities yeah. and stuff, yep. they could not get the drugs to do the experiments. And yeah. This is because of people like Tim Leary at Harvard that yeah. was abusing his... You know, LSD rights, you know, kind of yeah. crazy experiments. But ultimately, it, it messed up research. For 30 years, there was zero. Yeah. They're just now doing it again. And a lot of the researchers have, like, there's so many things we could learn about the consciousness and the brain and mm-hmm. neurological disorders through psychedelics that we, that we how much yeah. further would we be if we had those 30 years back? Yeah. We've lost so much yeah. time just because they well, hate people that party. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. We don't like your music. We don't like you having sex with each other. And we don't like the drugs. So we eliminate the drugs. We eliminate the party. Here's some amphetamine. Take some Adderall. Have some beers. Go to work. Yeah. You know, that's pretty much there. Well, at least we're here now. And at least it's starting. And and the future looks like exciting. It does look a little better. For that that research. Um, and, And the culture all around, I think, is changing, too. So it's going in the right direction. I just hope nothing happens that like stunts that that movement, that momentum that it has right now. Because 
for me especially, like I'm so excited and invested in this shit. Like it, it got me out of a cult. Like it, imagine what it can do to other people <laughs> and yeah. any other scenario you could apply it to. So, so you know, I, I, there was an interesting analogy that um, I can't remember his name. Uh, Michael Poland. He wrote he wrote the How to Change Your Mind about psychedelics. But I think this applies to like when you're if you're in a cult or whatever it is. You're there's also a lot of people that their brains are wired very much like they, like they were in a cult. But it might not be a cult. It might be with nationalism, with with your political affiliation or with your job. If you're or you know whatever it is that you're just stuck like this is who I am. A part of me is this thing that's not really a part of me. And so psychedelics, you, you know, you described it as if your mind is a snow, imagine your mind being a snowy hill. And if you have a thought and it goes down from one place to the next and, you, and it leaves a, like a sled trail. So the next time you have a thought, it's going to be caught in that same groove. Okay. And over time, the yeah. groove gets thicker and thicker to where to move out of that groove is almost impossible. Psychedelic, that you take a psychedelic and it levels the snow. Yeah. Right? So now you can still go back to where you wanted to if you want, but the grooves aren't there anymore. So you can look at other <laughs> like ways that. to go. You can go, oh, you know what? Yeah. That I don't like that. That wasn't making me happy. Let me try this one. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of people that are very rigid in their thoughts, and the older the people are, yeah. usually the more rigid they are because those grooves are yes. just really thick. Yes. So I think a lot of older people could really benefit from having a powerful psychedelic experience. Yeah. But, but to get them to do it. Because it'll leave not. you open-minded and developing your, your, your potential pathways throughout that whole span of your life. Yes. Instead, instead of, you know, being just open to ideas for that short period of time in your 20s and 30s and then turning into that older adulthood, just, yeah, being set in your ways. That, that's what set in your ways is because it it's yeah. hard to think differently. You know, I, I talk to my talk to my parents about politics and sometimes I'm like, I'm not trying to tell you. I'm trying, I'm telling you what I heard, but I'm listening yeah. to what you're saying, but I'm also trying to have a conversation where we both can be open but yeah. you realize how closed off some older people are. They're just there's no way that they won't even hear what you. They can't even listen to what you're saying. If it contradicts what they yeah. believe, they're not going to hear it. Yeah. And it's almost like you're, it's, you might as well be talking to the wall. But I do think sometimes if people could just have, like I wish I wish I could be like tell some people. I don't say directly who I'm talking about. But there's some people I want to just be like go. Let's go to a show and do some do some mushrooms and just have a, you know, a super amazing experience and. I don't even know if a show is a good idea because then you're distracted by the music. It becomes about that. You almost need to be like, what? Actually, what they're I like doing just is just being in nature. Being in nature is perfect. Go camping, sit by yeah, a fire, do some, the mushrooms somewhere with running water. Oh yeah, like if like by a creek or a river. I like doing right here at the spring. beach. Spring, yeah, even the beach, like that massive, immense body of water. Like also, but when the sun's setting here, sunsets are awesome. Sky, that, oh. I did one at the beach with the sunset. I saw dolphins. It was. It was insane. I, that was like my second or third trip. It, I just, I felt like I had a connection with the dolphins. I was, and, you, and you do. I thought I had oh, like a, bring, I, I was like, I felt tele, telekinetically connected to them. I, and I, here's the thing. I feel like you, I think we do feel that. I, was, I, I watched for the first time ever last night and it actually been messing with me a little bit. It was the grizzly man. Have you seen that? The bear whisperer? The, the bear dude, yeah. The, yeah, the guy who got... Got, ended up got, getting mauled yeah. like, at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. So totally eaten. <laughs> yes, it's it. But it's sad because you can sad. tell there's some, there's some mental illness there for he sure. Was, he was a little bit of a nut. But yeah. he also for 13 years didn't get eaten. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So so to say, because then when he got eaten, there was people that were writing letters. You know, bears' diet consists of dims and liberals. They're like, there needs to be more bears than Berkeley. Like. 
things like that. And it's like, all right, the dude was clearly a, an out of his mind hippie. Like, if he yeah. just won with the Bears, man. But for 13 years, he was. And I didn't realize he's doing that long. 13 wow. seasons, he lived among yeah. the Bears. And then the last one, first time he brought someone, too, he brought his girl. Oh, that's right. That's and right. They were both, both killed. Yeah, and it, it was just the wrong bear. And also, the, he stayed right longer time. than usual. He stayed longer than he usually did, and he was killed right at the end. It could have been. The bear was still eating him when this ride showed up, and oh, he was there for like a few months. Probably just it was extra hungry. There maybe it, there was they a said food it was, shortage. It was an older bear. The older, older bear, bear was, was, was having desperate. trouble. Was getting desperate. Yeah, yep. wasn't a bear he was familiar with, and he is food. You are food to yeah. a bear. I mean, also, I was watching him with them bears, and I was scared for him. I was like, oh, my God. that's yeah. That animal's like, if my, I mean. It'd be different if I had, like, a 50 cal rifle strapped to my back well, he, the whole he said time. He wouldn't shoot and the he bear. had nothing he to said defend he would, himself in case. He said he'd rather a bear eat him than him kill a bear. He actually said, they said, <laughs> I, if a bear eats me, he'll accept it. So I, I don't know if he did accept it at the very end. At the very end, he yeah. might have been like, maybe this was not the best. Because, I mean. They didn't play the they didn't play the sound, but they had the sound, and they they we watched somebody. The documentary to it. doesn't. No, I think, but, but, you but can the look guy it up. The, the guy listens to it, yeah. and um and you're just and he's just like, don't ever play that for anybody. Like I was like, I don't I don't even yeah. want to hear it. I kind of wanted to hear it, but I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure you can look it up online. I, 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 I don't know if it'd be real. Probably, I was thinking about that, but also it is it's a sick side of us. We're like, put, I want to hear it. I want to no, hear it. No. If anything, it's only going to put a realistic fear of like, don't fuck with bears in nature. I like, already like, have that fear. Okay, I do yeah. not need. If I see a bear, I will freak. I got yeah. even a black bear would freak me out, and those are less dangerous. But I would be yeah, they really well, they're, 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 they're smaller. But they're like, smaller, yeah. but they can still kill you. Yeah, but yeah. you can. But they mostly don't. They're definitely the least dangerous yeah. of the American bears, but um, but they. And but if still. you have a if you have a weapon on you, you can probably utilize it against a black bear. But, you can, but other bears are pretty. Like, you have to have a big weapon have for to a grizzly bear. Get them right in between the eyes or something. Like they're not going to go down. If you have a twelve gauge, especially with if you had a slug, you'd be good. But also, I don't want to kill a bear. I just want. I'll be. How about I don't yeah. go where the bear is. The, the bear's not messing with me. He ain't coming to my house. Yeah. So why should I go into his house and then shoot him if he comes and messes with me? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If I were to go hiking, I probably would have. What do you got? Bear, bear horn, bear spray. There's other things, but dude, there's a video we watched online of somebody on a bicycle and they look back and there's a there's a brown bear running at them. The yeah. bear's huge. Yes, I saw that video. It's they, a they mountain biker. Away. I mean, they're going like you know they're booking like yeah, but every time they look back, there's that bear. And he pay, he has a, I think the GoPros on his helmet GoPros on and he helmet. looks back and you see that bear oh. on his tail gaining. Like even slightly, and, and it's just like it, you, like the suspense in that video. I know. If that guy would have just hit a rock exactly. and wiped out, he'd have been done. It you was know? crazy. It, it, I was like, oh my! And then he eventually he came. He took a turn. And luckily, there was a little turn there, and then there was like a tree in the way. He jumped off his bike and ran and hid. And then you see. I think you see him like continue you, on you, the path. You, you like see like the bear around, looking for him. He's just sitting there. And then the bear keeps going and goes the other way. I was like, oh my god! Like that was the most terrifying short video. So yeah, I, I that was more suspenseful to me than like any movie scene. Yeah, because I knew this was reality, and, the, and like that, yeah, that, exactly. that should have been a movie. It was crazy. Well, like if you, right you ever see the was it Revenant? With Leonardo no, DiCaprio? yeah. I, oh, you should watch I that. I put that on a list of movies to get to, and I never got to it. It's on one of the streaming channels right now. Okay, it's good. Yeah, that's it's, definitely one to see. I want to say it's on Prime, but it's a. Uh, it was the bear attack is graphic. It's like like they do a good job. You're like, oh, like, I mean. And people get like I don't know the bear that bear guy. Anyway, I don't remember what I was bringing up. You were talking about being one with the dolphins, and, we, yeah, we, yeah. and that's why people hate hippies because we say shit like that. But you do <laughs> feel that when you're on psychedelics, you feel you're like dolphins I'm that one with the world. Creatures. I remember yeah. I was just floating in, in the golf. They're smart. We're all hanging out, and, and one of my buddies was like, you know, 
when you're in this mode of, of tranquility, and mm-hmm. like we're less likely for a shark to mess with us than anything. And of course, I'm like, that's so true. Is that true though? Probably the sharks aren't messing with you no matter what, really. The chances of you getting bitten are so small, but I don't think they get any better if you're tripping on mushrooms because you feel connected with anything. I think that's just something I think you're we, reading into it too exactly. much. Exactly, but, but you feel it when you're on it. Yeah. You're like, that's so right. But it, you you're, know. Mm, you're, you're much more empathetic on mushrooms. I, I, I oh, can, and, and if they can sense your heart be getting scared yeah. being in the water, you're going to be less likely to be terrified so, unless a shark came up. If a shark came up to me and I was tripping, I might freak so out. So I've never actually, I've only ever been in the presence of one other person while I tripped heavily on mushrooms. It's only ever been one other person, but I've microdosed and I've just been out and about with people bumping in shoulders, whatever. Um, I, I re- noticed that when I microdosed, I, my empathetic abilities are just heightened. I, I feel like I can read people's energy, their vibrations a lot more. Like I can, like I can tell, like, are you, you're a creep. Like, like there's some weird ass agenda about your energy going on i can feel it or i can feel that you're a good safe humble person like i can kind of read through bullshit like the 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 fake face that people put on i can see past it so much easier and i can tell like i can tell sometimes i'm when i'm talking to people I, i'm guessing like like do you like me or is, is what i'm saying resonating with you or whatever but when i'm microdosing on mushrooms like i know i, I i'm like super sure of like how to read people how to read a room how to read like interactions it's really cool, actually. I, I, wanna, I, know, I know what you're saying. When I do more when often, I, when I microdose, microdosing. Now you know, and I do that. Um, not all the time. I do it here and there, and it's it's very enjoyable. But it's also everything's a little brighter. There's a little bit of a like it is, and I actually feel more connected with people. Yeah. But there yeah. are there are definitely um, fake people that that you don't always notice as a fake, and unless you're in the, seeing it under the right light, you might somebody might just be like, that's just a great person, and then you realize. That it's all well, they also were, yeah, they could be excellent con people too. Exactly, exactly. And but then, so I watched so before Grizzly Man yesterday. I watched this movie called um, "I Care a Lot" on Netflix. Okay, great movie. Um, and it's uh, but it's about this woman who, and her job is is to basically it's a it's a scheme where she goes and she um, uh, gets a one of her doctor friends to declare a rich person that that is like a good a good candidate for the program uh, can't physically handle themselves and she gets a, a immediate uh, order from a judge to say I need to be this person's caretaker her own family's not doing a good enough job and she gets the right to the estate and everything and gets to put the old person in a home and then she bars the family from seeing them and it's this whole scam and also I looked it up it's uh, it's based on some some actual scams that have happened but the is movie it the Britney but Spears it, situation it be, <laughs> it sounds like that, the same that, thing uh, well. So anyway, the point is, is that the character is a sociopath mm-hmm. and, and she's and, and her whole thing is like she's really good at her job and she just screws over these old people, puts them in homes and doesn't care. But she ends up putting the wrong old person in a home and the old person's actually actually uh, the, uh, the mother of like the head of the Russian mafia and, and who she thought it was on paper was actually somebody who had died a long time ago and she had taken her identity. So then she goes to war with the mafia, but she's such a sociopath that she she goes head to head with this dude, and it's a good movie. But my point is, and she would always say, "You're either prey or you're a uh, you're a predator. That's all there is." Mm. And um, so then I watched the the movie uh, The Grizzly Man right after that, and I'm like, and he and the the narrator who I guess produced the whole thing, he's like, "I disagree with uh, him that you know that that bears can actually be you can be one with nature like that or whatever. He basically, he said, he said, the world is all chaos and it's all you will be eaten or to eat and will be eaten. Like that's what natural world is. Mm-hmm. And he's right. And then I thought about it, though, that's what the natural world is. 
But that's really what our world is. Going back to that other movie I just yeah. watched, I was like, it really is like that in our world. But I sometimes yeah. live so so naively. Like, yeah. I live thinking like, like, oh, it's all peace and I love, oh man, I love you. But really, everybody's got agendas. It's, I yeah, have an agenda, agenda I don't even realize. Yeah. And like advertising, either either you're yeah. figuring out how to make a buck off of somebody else or you're figuring out how to gain something from utilizing yeah. a connection. But it was a else. sad moment of but, realization. Yeah, but but like that's but that's the human that's the whole human experience in general. I you gotta figure out that balance. You can't don't do harm to others. So you can still be getting something from somebody, but are you harming them? Are you really harming them? They chose. But but to, but, but that that's such a broad statement because don't do harm to someone, sure. But that also would mean I shouldn't take advantage of some of these great deals at Walmart because the kids making these toys or whatever you're trying to buy. Some of these kids are in prison. The iPhone, well, true. Poor, you know, but. And also, I mean, there's just so many levels of third world poverty. If you buy tinfoil, what are you supporting? The avocado? Yeah. I don't know. My point is, <laughs> at what point what do about you... avocados? <laughs> well, there, there's drug lords <laughs> really selling right. avocados now. Okay. So, I mean, no matter what you're buying, like cocaine. I want to do cocaine. Yeah. It ain't hurting nobody else, right? Right. Well, you are funding a cartel. But, yeah. But, so... but do you have the ability... Yeah. It, do you have the ability to di- make a difference or not? Is you not buying into that going to change it? I think, really. I think the easiest way... Everybody it, has to not buy into it for it to change. That, that, and that's where I say with the government needs to step in and say, how about we go to the cartels by legalizing cocaine? Yeah. And then the co- cartels can become legit businessmen and stop, they'll stop chopping people's heads off. They'll be more competitive in, a, in an actual business world. But anyway, that's, that's a big tangent. But the thing is, yeah. so yeah, on a personal level, you can do the best you can to not... To hurt people to leave the smallest carbon footprint and to just be as good as you can within you can, the system. You can do all that and you'll still always fall up short. Well, you're going to fall up short. Whether you're aware of it or not. But that's also because we're a part of the system. The system needs to change because yeah. nobody's going to work. Few, few people do work outside of the system. I was listening to NPR. There was this guy that had like a, a his family had like disowned him because he was such a climate activist. They were like, "Why don't you just stop doing climate?" And he like broke into one of these oil facilities and like turned off the pipeline and got arrested and was facing ninety years in prison. Ended up only serving like a few months, I think. But um, but his point is like, well, how, you know, I, I care so much about the environment. But my point is like, is that like, at what point do you realize you're not doing any good? Turning off that pipeline didn't do any. What did that do? He's yeah. a hero in some places. Like, but there's better ways to do it. We, I think might have hurt your cause too. Might have hurt your cause. I, I just and again, I'm not saying his heart's not in the right place. Yeah, and that's why I have a problem with him going to jail at all. His heart was in the right place. He's trying to stop a pipeline. It's it's not going to do anything. People are going to use oil whether you go turn that off or they're just going to turn it back on yeah. and you're going to jail. Well, 90 years is like, that sounds ridiculous. How well, about, it was because of all like the six, charges. Six, it's because all the charges that they gave year. him added up to what could be a 90-year sentence. Yeah, but that yeah. never goes down that way. That's like, here's all the charges. Then the lawyer comes in, the judge looks at it. It's like, what did he do? I'm not giving him 90 years. But he did spend like six months in a legit prison. But um, I don't know. I just okay. I think some people, they... they they get so involved with something. It's almost like an addiction of its own. Like, I hate climate change so much and that people yeah. aren't listening. I try I'm really a, hard to get, not do that, yeah. honestly. And you can care. Take a step back. Like, if I if you see someone get a plastic bag at a grocery right. store and you're like, hey, asshole, you should be, you know, th- then you're doing it wrong. That's, because it's yeah, not, it's people are going to grab plastic bags. And what needs to happen, I was just in Rhode Island, they didn't have plastic bags because they've been banned. So everywhere you went was a paper, brown paper bag with a little handle on it. I was like, this is perfect. This is how it should be. Yeah. You're, you're putting the pressure on the consumer to have to ask for paper or to buy their own bags. Yeah. we got to change laws, especially in places like Florida where a lot of this stuff ends up in our oceans. Yeah. So, and Rhode Island also being right beside the ocean, you know, I commend them for, for that. That's pretty cool. And uh, But we need just like Four Myers Beach, no plastic straws. These are little things that you can do um, on policy that change the system. 
Because expecting people to use not use straws is ridiculous. People are gonna they people care way more about themselves than they do about anything else. And I think we're all guilty of that on some level. Even if yeah. even if we think we aren't, we think we're the most benevolent people. The most some of the most benevolent people I've met are actually doing it to get yeah. all the respect that they get from being that person. So it's in itself yeah. selfish. I I think the feeling giving the straw movement weight is just distracting yourself from a way to be more impactful in a better way. Yeah. I, I don't think the straws are what's breaking breaking the environment when it comes to plastics. But it, but it is a plastic. It might be it's a plastic. All the other stuff going on. It's a pointless plastic though. Plastic we don't need. If you can get rid it of it. It is true because you just need a lid that has a little opening on it so that you pop it on and then just do this. You don't yeah. need a straw if you can just invent a lid well, where you can sip out you know, of it. The, also though, like I, every time I cup. go to a restaurant, they just give me a drink with a straw in it and it's like, all it, if you just say, hey, do you want a straw? Just say that. I have to remember to go, I drink no straw because I don't need a straw. And if they ask me and maybe somebody beside me goes, I would like one. All right, cool. I wouldn't. So now we just cut 50% of the straws out of the equation by just asking. And the person yeah. that wants one, I don't have to hate them. Yeah. You know, just whatever. If you want, if you need a straw yeah. and that's how you drink your drink, whatever. Like Jack Johnson's like, everybody, should, you should just carry your own straw if you really need one. It's like, people aren't going to be carrying around straws. It's just not realistic. Yeah. But, and I, but again, I love people's... Um, See, I'm, I'm a hippie at heart. So when I hear people do these things, like for the environment, I want to like give them a hug and be like, you know, that's awesome. It's great. It is it really going to change anything? Because also it pisses off for some reason. I don't know why. But on the right side of things, conservatives get angry at hippies. Not all of them. There are conservatives that also care about the environment. There are. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them, anytime like a hippie does something like the bear guy, they're like, you know, like you fucking idiot! You think you're one with nature? You're, you, know, you know, and it ended with him dying. But uh, that's not a good example. Uh, but no, they get angry when when things when people talk about we should outlaw plastic bags, for instance. They're like, oh, everybody hates fossil fuels and petroleum products and blah blah. blah. It's, it's the reason we're as advanced as we are. You can't hate oil. Oil's a great thing. So it's like, hey, well, we should try to do cleaner en- energy. You know, fucking hippie, get out of here. Well, what's wrong with saying we should try to experiment with better forms of, of energy? I think yeah. burning less fossil fuel is a good thing. I think consuming less meat is a good thing. Yeah. It doesn't mean that... Yeah. It's... It, uh, oh, my God. Uh, what I would... It's a... Poli- because it comes political. It, there's, it's, it's a political yeah, charge to well, it. Well, but there's, why? There's, a, there's a way to smartly do clean energy. And if you don't do it in a way that's beneficial to the economy at the same time, it, you'll, you'll burn out. Or you know, you're, or, or you'll run out of funding, or you'll you'll plummet us and in, more into debt. You know, so it's like you got to figure these issues out where it makes sense to get to the goal in a way that it's actually achievable. Right. A right. lot of the proposals for clean energy don't make sense when you read them. It, it won't work. You're just you're gonna it's gonna fail. It's true, and also that's another thing. And I that's heard. that's the right argues those kind of things, but then one, you know, one then argument I heard on the right that I didn't disagree with. Um, we're not you know obviously I'm not an expert on any of this stuff, but. The, the idea that if you the more red tape you put on industry and on technologies for them to, to develop things, then the less likely they're going to come up with something that might be a solution to the problem. Like there's one country where yeah. they're developing these huge turbines that, yeah. that pull in carbon dioxide and release oxygen to like, these big things. So, so stuff like that that could happen. But if the, the, the higher these companies, the, the more red tape that are around these companies to, to innovate and the less funding they get to do these things, but actually, I just kind of dug myself into a hole here because I'm just thinking like a lot of the funding for stuff like that would come from the government 
I don't know if private enterprise actually has a, a – is there a lot of reason for them to do that without the government saying we're willing to pay for that? Because there's not a lot of private businesses that care about the level of oxygen in the atmosphere. So there needs to be – governments need to come in and say we're willing to pay private companies to develop this technology. Yeah. Here's incentive to do this. And I think some countries are. I don't think our country isn't because as soon as you incentivize and we say we're going to use taxpayer money to fund technologies to help with climate change, a lot of people on the right go, That's, climate change isn't even real. You're taking our money for nothing. Like, oh, it's a that's a convoluted. That's that is. It's a. Do you believe in climate change? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a hundred percent real. I think. Well, it, I, I think it's real, but whether or not ninety, it's, it's, if ninety-seven percent of scientists are saying okay that the world is getting warmer and that it is going to be a problem, that Miami will be underwater in twenty years, but undeniably the world is getting warmer oh but is it undeniably human? is it because of humans we don't like do we really know 97 percent of science says that it is and the biggest okay. the biggest there's a we'll see if I've it's heard, really like that then the cool. biggest reason i heard was i've um, dumped into lately the biggest reason that i've heard that I, that it was that the meat industry is number one it is the removal yeah. of of rainforest yeah for, for farming well, yeah, if you think and about the methane it. from all the cows the combination of yeah. these two things we're eating too much meat and the, the farming and the, and the industry is actually creating the gases and then we're taking away from the natural resources that convert them yes to, to establish a balance so that's the biggest one i so i actually what, what i what i heard was sense. that if we all if we quit using oil 100 percent but consume the same amount of meat it wouldn't even matter because the oil is such a less percentage of the problem in the meat industry, but again, these wow. are the these are the the, yeah. the the animal lovers who are also spouting this. So, like, yeah. how much of what they said has been? Because yeah, people I, will change little know. facts you, just to make uh, you want to go to their cause. Can we know like what's really causing? But hey, I'll ask you this though: Would it be a bad thing if we went to energy that we knew was clean, that we knew didn't cause more carbon? It would it be bad okay. if we went to eating less meat when we yeah. knew that that eating vegetables was less problem for the environment than raising cattle. So, and also makes people healthier. I think people need, need some meat in their diet, but I don't think they need a cheeseburger every day. So I think that... I, I wonder if we could shift our focus on the emission and more on the direct result of what, what makes it harder for nature to do its thing. For, for a species or a plant to survive in its natural habitat, we're cutting them down, we're doing things that pollute water. How about we just... Like, well, like it depends on the country. Focus on that. In America, we have a lot of laws to help protect our lakes and rivers, and it was because, like, uh, it, you know what they did in Chicago? They reversed the flow of the of the uh, river there, and right downtown Chicago, they reversed the flow of the river because all the the trash that was getting out into the Michigan, Lake Michigan. So they reversed the flow of the river, and now they have a certain amount of species of fish have come back, and all these other things. So. So, I, so in this country, we have a lot of uh, preservation. There's a lot of natural land that we've preserved. Yeah. There's also one thing he said on the show about the bears is uh, they were like, we have a certain amount, like, I don't remember how many they said, like 35,000 bears in Alaska or whatever. He's like, we hunt, uh, or he said, on this peninsula, we have 3,500 bears and we hunt 160 of them, something like that every year. He's like, because we've done the math, and if we take, if 6% are hunted, then then we will keep healthy populations of bears here, and 6% is a good. And also, the money that they raise with those 160 bears, because it costs a lot of money for people to, to come up there and do that, yeah. and all that money goes straight to conservation. Yeah. So actually helping fund the parks department to stop poaching and everything else that could happen yeah. is funded by people that want to hunt. Yeah. And that's and same with Africa. They pay for those tags. Yeah. And then that money gets cycled right into actually. If, if you want to hunt a lion in Africa, 
then you pay something like, I don't know, $200,000. It's a very rich person's sport. And they have right. a certain amount of lions that they, they can they can kill. This is trophy hunting. I, I do think trophy hunting is ridiculous, but I yeah. can never go shoot a lion, never, because yeah. it's a pointless hunt. But there's the thing. There is a, a certain amount of population of lions that they can get rid of, and they make so much money in these poor countries by doing it that they yeah. and they spend a lot of it on conservation and it's also an industry where people are fed and make money and after that cease with the lions uh, incident which was uh, way overblown by the on the media on the left mm-hmm. that shut down a lot of the the tourism there people weren't going over there to shoot no, they're and, suffering. And, and then they're not having money for conservation more poachers are coming in more lions are dying yeah. so you're, you're, so it's like you lost out so a lot of these, you might disagree with hunting. If you dis- you're disagreeing with hunting, Jesus. but you're not paying for the conservation, the hunters are, and they're the ones out there in the land anyway. Most of them, unless you're the unless you're the bear guy, which yeah. that was awesome. I, I mean, I, I really I felt bad when, like the way like it was just such a sad story, but it was also for 13 years he just lived with them and and like hung out with them and he had pet foxes following him around and stuff. He was like living between two fox dens. Yeah, I remember that. That was cool. The fox thing was pretty cute. It was. I would, I would like if it was like me. I would like well, just hang out with the foxes. You ain't also got to hang out with the bears. The foxes are cool. The bears can stay at a distance. He was all about the bears, though. <laughs> and, and and what killed Irwin? Just <laughs> a stingray. You keep doing it for too long, and and it's just risk. I guess it comes down to it is, but you know what though? You can be I mean, as smart, as seasoned, and as knowledgeable. as Well, ever, see, yeah, yeah. You can, well, mistakes will happen, but I mean. Yeah, Steve Irwin was awesome. That guy was really cool, and I mean his job. What a job! Just to go all over the world and just yeah, see all the different natural wildlife. I mean, you're. I I love doing stuff like that. That's what like we just went swim with dolphins, and it was um, dolphins are they're such a, a like an amazing creature. Like they actually pull you through the water. Yeah, they're so alien. Like I don't know. They seem like like oh like. I they're, they're obviously very intelligent, but they, yeah. they, the language they speak is you know so different than ours that we don't understand. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if it like if it's an intricate language like ours or if it's you know what it is. It's pretty intricate, like it's, like I, more I, than most. I don't remember the the figure, but like between all the different sounds they can make, it's like if you translate it into a vocabulary of words, it's it's extensive. Yeah. How how they can I don't communicate. Know. Do they have they, they have mapped it out though? They can't speak to them or anything yet. It'd be cool if they could. If all of a sudden we talked to them and we're like, "Oh my god, these guys are smart!" Like they just start breaking down like Einstein's theory. Turn squeaks into like word alphabet charts. <laughs> squeak right back to them. Be yeah, awesome. Well, um, are you hungry? I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm I got some salmon to cut. Damn. Um, I'm gonna make some crab stuffing. Put on some salmon. Holy crap, I'm coming over here for a five-star meal and a yeah. podcast. All right, well, that was fun. So, so yeah, before I go, just to say uh, thanks for being on here. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was cool. I wanted to do a podcast for you guys, let you know that the Opioid Crisis Special is coming out. I've been working hard on it. I wanted to get it right. I'm going to be doing some more podcasts after that. Uh, but I do have some more trips to go out of town. But we'll release them as we can. I was talking with TJ. I'm sure he'll be back on here again. Yeah, I might even be a neighbor soon. I mean, I was looking at an apartment today, so that's why I was in town. (laughs) Very cool. All right. Peace 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 out. Peace out.